0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode four, four, four. Yes, 444, you're hearing that correctly, of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Bit of an odd recording time for me, but we've got enough news in the cycle over the last day or two. That it required uh, a bit of an update and a faster one that I was going to provide one on Thursday morning. I figured I had I had this window. Might as well share the time and get the podcast up a little bit early. So hopefully that is appreciated by you guys. But uh, you know, some news to hit on and then we'll talk about the NBA GM survey later on in the podcast. But first, um, some injury updates that were released by the Hawks on Wednesday afternoon. Four guys who were, uh, I guess, the the four guys that were ruled out for the preseason game uh, on Monday. So no surprises that they would update the uh, statuses of these of these four guys. First, the positive update, and that comes in the form of, of Amari Spellman, um, Spellman, who actually Kale Shannard reported was at uh, was actually at practice uh, earlier on this week, and it looks like he's going to be hopeful to be come back on Friday. That was something that Lloyd Pierce said to Kale um at practice. Um, aside from that, though, the official update was that uh, Spellman, who's currently been out with uh, shin soreness. Um, has uh, he, I guess he had seven days of rest from impact loading, is the way they put it, and he returned to practice. So that's the official update. There looks like he might play Friday, but at the very least, you know Spellman's probably going to be uh, back very very soon, which is encouraging for the first round pick. The other three updates not so encouraging necessarily. Justin Anderson, who's been out of pocket since his surgery in late June to to address what they what they are describing as a recurring tibial stress syndrome in his left leg, he's actually getting uh, back a little bit sooner than maybe some thought, uh, symptom free at this point in time, and uh, quote progressing as expected end quote. He'll be reevaluated next week, so uh, that's uh, at least we give him an, uh, at least would theoretically give him if he could say, a clean bill of health, um, the possibility of playing at the at the outside of the season. Um, that's no no definitive timeline there for Anderson, so I wouldn't get your hopes up necessarily but nothing terribly out of the ordinary and the fact that he's uh, symptom free is definitely good and progressing as expected is uh, all all positive there the other two guys though it looks like will not be uh, making the uh, start of the season at least according to the timetable assigned by the Hawks on Wednesday Dwayne Dedman who is of course the biggest name on this list probably the you know the likely starting center of the Hawks Um, he has he has of course that uh, the avulsion fracture that he was diagnosed with um, early on in September He's continuing to progress with his rehab and the uh, the Hawks announced that it's going to be uh, now including modified running loads but uh he will not be reevaluated until two weeks from now and uh, for those of you who might be wondering the Hawks open the season two weeks from now with a road game so it looks like if he's not being reevaluated until two weeks from now that makes it very unlikely that Devin will play in the season opener not terribly surprising we've discussed that a little bit on the podcast and kind of you know scenarios of what would, of what would transpire if Devin is unable to go, still, um, you know, being without him is definitely a loss for this Hawks team. Alex Len being around is helpful, and that he's a, you know, maybe a starting caliber center on this team. We'll see what he looks like moving forward. But I like that, I like, I like that move as a, as an insurance policy, and certainly somebody who can be a, a competent starter in the league. But w- behind that, it gets kind of ugly. Miles Plumley is not someone that I think the Hawks want to be playing a ton this season, and with Spelman getting a late start, that isn't the best thing in the world for him as well. So uh, a lot going on there. But at the same time, we will see what transpires with uh, Deadman in the future, but it looks like he probably won't be making the, uh, making the first game, at least according to the timetable that was put forth by the Hawks. Uh, last but not least, Daniel Hamilton. He actually he had the uh, shoulder injury that was discussed um, earlier in the offseason, and it's a situation where um, he will also be reevaluated in two weeks. He had the tear um, in his right rotator cuff. He did not have surgery, but he's uh, trying to rehab, and he'll be back in two weeks in terms of a reevaluation. But at the, at, I think that's the, probably the most serious injury, at least on paper, of all four. And uh, just like Dedman, same period of time there in terms of re- re- reevaluation. So that, that would be, again, very, very unlikely that either one of those guys would, would be able to play when the season opens in two weeks from now. So, uh, you know, not the greatest injury updates in the world, but something that the Hawks had to do. Um, You wanted to at least keep uh, people abreast of what's going on. And that's the sort of situation at this point in time. Um, no, no surprises, but no one coming back uh, rapidly outside of potentially Amari Spellman. Maybe on Friday, we'll see what happens in the near future. Um, the other bit of news that's out there uh, was that Cole Aldrich is no longer a member of the Hawks. Uh, he was he was formally waived earlier on on, on Tuesday. Um, Cole Aldrich apparently. Um, at least according to some reporting from Jeff Goodman of Stadium, formerly of ESPN, before that, uh, he reported that Aldrich was uh, likely to play in China. And that, that was before the Hawks waived him later on in the day. He did wa- that he, he he was waived uh, kind of amusingly. That report hit in the morning and Aldrich was at practice later on that day. That was reported by Kyle Shinar, who, who was on the scene at practice, um, which is kind of an interesting confluence of events. And then, of course, he was waived later in, later in the day to kind of confirm that. Uh, Christopher Moore of the AJC noted this week that the Hawks could be uh, something, um, could be bringing in someone with, with sort of a G League slant. I will say uh, the Hawks will be able to guarantee that a player could go to Erie by setting it up correctly, and that would be the reason that they might want to add a player to the roster. They of course don't really need someone right now, um, and honestly, signing someone at this point in time that actually makes the opening day roster in Atlanta would be very, very unlikely. But if you were, if you uh, realize that players can't be signed directly to Erie, they have to go through the G League draft, but they can sort of get around that. By signing the Haw- Hawks, to sort of get on around that by signing the player to a to sort of the correct way, giving him the correct dollar amount, uh, sort of the you know meaning the minimum threshold, bringing them to tr- bringing them to training camp, and as a result of that to get creative and and, uh, making sure that a guy got to Erie the way they wanted to do that so nothing yet on that front but as of now it looks like the Hawks are gonna roll with 19 for a little bit which is probably plenty enough and you know eventually in the next couple of weeks they're gonna have to cut down to to 15 plus the two two two-way so really 17 um you know likely um I would say RJ Hunter is probably the most likely cut if they they had to keep somebody it might be Thomas Robinson over someone else on the roster I wouldn't uh, really know who that's going to be at this point in time we'll see how we'll see how everything shakes out with Hamilton's injury and Dorsey and all that fun stuff but We will see in the future, but for now, Cole Aldrich is no longer around. He's been officially waived and is no longer on this roster. Um, moving on, we can talk about um a lot of stuff with, with the GM survey that I want to at least hit on before we get out of here. But before we get to that, I do want to talk to you about the good folks at Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or even sporting event of your choice at a fantastic price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all, all live events that you want to go to, and that is headlined this week by the chance to attend the Braves playoff game over the weekend over there at Suntrust Park. That is one that I'll be in the building for, and I'll be using Vivid Seats to get there. Uh, you can sort by price or look for seats in the section or even the row of your choice. And to make things even better, vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of orders, $200 or more, to save even more money on your purchase. So... Go to the App Store or Google Play or download the Vivid Seats app. Promo code locked on. That's, use, use this promo code. It's locked on for $20 off of orders, $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every single purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. So for, for, for the biggest concerts and games and hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has absolutely everything that you would want in the, in the ticket buying space. So download the app, enter promo code locked on. One more time that's locked on for $20 off of $200 or more order as a new customer of Vivid Seats seats. And we're back to talk about the GM survey, a lot lot going on with the GM survey, you know, the Hawks are usually um, more prominently involved, I would say this year, uh, just for those of you that don't know what this is, every single year, john Schumann of NBA.com releases a survey of 40, I believe it's 49 questions that he asked of all 30 general managers. Um, My guard is always up as to who's actually answering the questions, whether it be the GMs or their, their assistants or somebody in the front office, but uh, the questions are asked to the GM with the only caveat that you cannot vote for your own player so that's something that has to be out there on any of these awards you can't you cannot vote for your own player um so that's something that again needs to keep, keep kept in mind to uh, to be sure but uh yeah i guess a couple of hawks things that are at least worth discussing on this list uh, both kevin herter and amari spellman got votes as uh, most likely to be a draft day steal um outside of the top five or so of these awards you do, not, you do not know just how many votes guys got but they were both included in the others receiving votes category no big surprise there i do think Kevin Herter is someone who guys like a lot across the league. Um, You know, him falling to 19 wasn't necessarily a huge drop, but at the same time, a lot of people had him in the top 15, 16 players on their draft board. So having him be be a steal would not be the craziest thing in the world. And Herter is a guy who I thought was definitely a, a pretty appropriate um, you know, pick at number 19 overall, so that's uh, not a surprise. Spellman uh, was a little bit more of an eyebrow raise for me. I thought that was a reach when it happened and said this, said as much on the podcast. So to hear, uh, hear I guess, read that um, some, some people have him as a draft day steal was a little bit surprising to me. I was surprised he went in the first round, but that does speak to the fact that I think in general and what I've heard around the league is that... Um, Teams, at least a few teams, were high on Spellman, uh, at least higher than I was to be sure on Spellman, which isn't a huge surprise. I was pretty low on him, but at the same time, you know, hearing, hearing, at least seeing some votes, some um, some non-Hawks votes for Spellman as a as one of the steals of the draft, uh, should probably be, be probably be encouraging for some Hawks fans that really like his game. And uh, even if it was a little bit surprising to me, um, that's probably a good sign uh, that someone around the league is seeing him in the way the Hawks did. Um, otherwise, on this list, Vince Carter was the only other player that was mentioned by name. Uh, he was uh, an answer to the question of um, which NBA player, at least w- which active NBA player, would be the best head coach in the league. Again, situation where he he was only on the others re- others receiving votes list. Still, Vince is of course the elder statesman of the Hawks at this point in time by a you know about about a full decade. Um, actually, kind of funny in that I don't think he wants to coach. At least from what he said publicly, I don't think that's what he's going to be doing in the future. I think his future is probably going to be in TV uh, TV analysis. He's been pretty good on TV on uh, all the times that he's done that, both in guest spots. He did some junior world championship stuff. This this summer uh, he's been prominently involved in that and has, has actually talked pretty openly about that being his next step so i don't think he's going to be coaching to be honest with you but uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if he was good at it, if he was good at that if, if he wanted to do it and you know sometimes sometimes, sometimes guys get out of the league and they suddenly want to coach and that wouldn't be you know out of the ordinary necessarily so keep an eye on mince carter because He's someone that everyone seems to love, so uh, that's definitely a guy who could be a fantastic coach if he wanted to be that. Uh, he's already in this sort of mentor role, um, yeah. So you know, no no surprises there um, with Vince. Uh, otherwise, and the GM survey was sort of the bigger headlines. Um, you know, I guess the biggest one we'll save for the end. But a couple of guys that I thought could have been on the list somewhere along, along the way would, would have been pre- pretty reasonable to see John Collins or Torian Prince on like a breakout list. That was one of the questions is you know, pick a young player to break out, and neither one of those guys got a single vote. Whereas players like Kyle Kuzma and Kelly Oubre got votes, Uh, I know Kuzma's in the in the big market. I think he's pretty overrated at this point in time. But Kelly Oubre being on that list ahead of Prince or Collins was pretty surprising. Um, maybe not surprising, but pretty frustrating considering both uh, both players are better prospects than Kelly Oubre. Even if you know Kelly Oubre is technically a former Hawk because he was drafted by the Hawks for about two seconds uh, before he was traded away on the night of the Tim Hardaway acquisition. So that's probably the only thing that I would say I would push back on a little bit. Most of the awards are geared towards the top teams in the league, which of course the Hawks are not in that category at this moment a lot of uh, talk about playoff seeding and top four seeds and best player positions and right now the Hawks don't really have any of that kind of stuff on their roster but you know that's hopefully in the near future that will be uh, changing and that's sort of a bridge to talk about what I would say is the biggest story, at least from the people that responded to me on Twitter and kind of fired questions at me on Twitter about the GM survey, and it was uh, having to do with the rookies in Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Of course, those guys were traded um, for each other on draft night. That's not that's not that's not breaking news to anybody that's listening to this podcast. If you listen to this podcast, you are probably a diehard fan, so uh, I'm not breaking news to you there. But um, as he, it's probably probably not a surprise at all to say that Luka Doncic got a lot of love in this GM survey. He was by far the leader in the, the in the rookie of the year voting on this award on this uh, survey. I will say the GMs are not usually very good at picking the rookie of the year. Uh, most of the time they're wrong, at least in the recent past. So if you're looking to uh, maybe root against Doncic a little bit, that might be a reason to do that because uh, usually they're pretty wrong about that. But he got all you know almost the plurality. I guess sorry, almost the majority. He did get a plurality of the of the votes for rookie of the year. Um, in terms of uh, his compatriots. Um, elsewhere he also got some uh, some love. Um, for actually he got he got, a, he got a couple of votes for best international player in the league already, which is absolutely insane. Um, because guys like Giannis Giannis exists. Um, you know Chris Espozingas exists. There's a lot of guys in the league who are better than him right now that are international players. I, I like. I like Luka Doncic quite a bit, but saying that he's in that class right now is pretty insane. I think it's almost like a willful willful ignorance kind of thing with that, but uh, that made me laugh a little bit. Uh, other rookies getting some love, uh, DeAndre Ayton got a biggest steal vote, which is kind of funny. He was the number one pick in the draft. I'm not sure how you can steal the number one pick in the draft, but uh, that, one, that one made me laugh a little bit. And also, um, in terms of there was a category for the best rookie in five years, Luka did not win that one, actually. He, fin- he finished third place behind Ayton and Jaron Jackson Jr. Those were, non-coincidentally, the guys who were, about, who, were, who were discussed at the top of the draft with the Hawks when the Hawks were, had that number three overall pick. Um, all those guys were in the mix. No big surprises there, although Luca was featured prominently. I will say, though, the headliner from a Hawk standpoint is that Trey Young got no votes on anything. Now I'm not I'm not overly surprised by that. You know he's a very very polarizing player. There are people that like him quite a bit. There are also people that don't like him really at all as a prospect and see him more of a, more as a second tier guy. But still, um, for instance, um, rookie of the year voting, um, both Kevin Knox of the Knicks and Colin Sexton of the uh, Cavs got votes ahead of Trey Young. I would be stunned if either of them won the rookie of the year. Whereas I would not be stunned if Trey Young won won rookie of the year this year. Um, some of that is just deployment. Where I think Young's gonna have the ball in his hands and play a lot of minutes, etc. I think he's a much much likely rookie of the year candidate than either of those guys and really I think he's probably more likely than even Marvin Bagley who was drafted ahead of him and uh, all all that fun stuff as well so that you know again not a huge surprise that Trey didn't get uh, listed among the um, voting but some I think that's probably a little bit um I don't want to say inaccurate just kind of one of those things where it should be rectified and there's other guys who I I can't really see the path to rookie of the year status right or as I absolutely do see it with Trey Young yeah, that's that's probably the best way to put it there. I, you know, I, and honestly, I I said this before on the podcast, but if you were trying to bet on uh, rookie of the year stuff, there was actually a bump on a bump of those odds today because of all the discussion. There was some discussion there was there was some uh, discussion about the odds and Trey is like plus 1000, which is like 10 to 1 odds, 11 to 1 odds somewhere in there. Um I don't think he's going to win it. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Trey on to win the rookie of the year, but I do think he has a chance to win the rookie of the year and that's pretty good odds considering if he starts if he starts day 1, which I think he's probably going to at this point in time or at least play starter starter level minutes. He's going to have a lot of points and a lot of assists, and that does matter quite a bit. So just follow that away for the future. But, you know, a lot of talk about Luca versus Trey. It's not a, new, not a new discussion. Obviously, we've been doing this for, you know, two, two, three, four months now. So it's one of those things where I'm not as surprised by it. I, I do think, you know, some of the pointing and laughing at the Hawks after this um, was kind of, you know, wrong, I will say. I've, I've tried to push back a lot on um, some of the overreaction. Uh, as someone, uh, I think if you're listening to this podcast in June, you would know I did not like that trade very much for the Hawks. Um, I thought Luca was the number one prospect in the draft. With that said, I think the reactions have gone way too far at this point in time to the point where I'm now some, I think I'm closer maybe to high on the trade than anything else. Um, you know, Trey, Trey and Luca are kind of the guys that I thought they were going to be at this point in time. You know, Luca apparently has some uh, some overweight issues when uh, arriving in camp, but at, at, at the same time, he's gotten rave reviews from teammates and looks like he's going to be uh, the kind of guy that I thought he was probably going to be. Um, Trey has had the flashes of brilliance that I thought he was going to have. He's had some uh, ugly moments as well, but I think he's an excellent prospect. So no no worries on either side just yet. It's very, very early, but I just think the overreactions, particularly on the pro-Donchich, anti-Young side, have been really, really strong. A couple of outlets, there's one in particular that I always hear about, um, people yelling at me for an outlet taking a take. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I do think they're uh, this sort of adds fuel to the fire around right the eve of the season. So nothing to be surprised by there. And of course, Trey's shooting shooting performance the other night. If you didn't watch the game, which most people in the world did not, even people that cover the league couldn't watch the game, um, and they just see the five sixteen uh, performance, all that fun stuff. So it's going to f- add fuel to the fire. But I will say, uh, Young uh, is underrepresented on this list at least according to what I think. And uh, I'm, just, I'm and there are definitely people that are higher than me on him, including Travis Schlenk. I'm pretty sure Travis Schlenk would have voted for Trey Young for Rookie of the Year if he could have. Uh, that, of course, that was uh, one of the, that's why I emphasized at the top of this thing that guys are not allowed to vote for their own players. But yeah, that's going to do it for today, for today's podcast. But we check out that NBA GM survey. We, we link to it on PeachtreeHoops.com. Wr- I wrote a little bit about it. Nothing nothing super in depth, but uh, just kind of poking around and as as to what transpired there and um, you know all the injury updates. Everything that you need will be on my Twitter feed at BT Rollin at, at PeachtreeHoops is also the the site that I'm editor in chief of. All that fun stuff. But subscribe to the podcast. Um, please do that. Apple, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. Um, you know, Spotify, all those fun places. And uh, we'll see you guys later on in the week.